Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, and myself break down the Chiefs season finale against the Chargers, featuring plenty of reserve players. And look ahead to possible matchups in a divisional round. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, do you believe there are some positive results from Sunday's loss to the Chargers? Yeah, I mean... Look, the negative stands out the most, right? The injuries to Willie Gay Jr. and DeAndre Baker. That just absolutely, completely, entirely disheartening and sucky. No one likes to see that. But to have it happen in what basically amounts to an exhibition game, it's just brutal. And But also, I mean, I think that actually kind of reminds you uh, of why you didn't play your starters. Okay? Because those injuries do happen. So I think that was a good thing, I guess, as good as an injury could be, right? But it's a bit of reassurance that Andy Reid did the right thing to sit the starters and to play these backup and reserve players. So, yeah, it stinks that that Willie Gay, you know, has a high ankle sprain, is presumably out. Uh, I believe the report is two to four weeks. Okay, so into the playoffs. That stinks sucks about DeAndre Baker, someone who figured into your, your future that that he has a broken femur, which was repaired. The recovery, it, it looks like it's going to be good. He's going to be able to play again. He's already walking, which is incredible. But it, it, it stinks. It's a bummer that those things had to happen. But then, of course, you have, yeah, a lot of good that came out of, of the loss against the Chargers. First of all, I mean, they were right there hanging in that game, okay? If it wasn't for uh, the fumble from Michael Hardman, that game could have looked a lot different at the end. That kind of swung the momentum, and, and I don't think they really had the, the players to recover from it. But one thing, you get a great look at, at Chad Henney, okay, who is your backup quarterback uh, some people questioned whether he should be the backup quarterback over a guy like Matt Moore, who actually started two games last year and went one and one. But I think you just got some reassurance again in, in this game that, okay, yeah, Matt, uh, excuse me, Chad Henney, he's the guy. He's the guy. He should be the backup quarterback. He can execute the offense. He looked really good with a bunch of backups out there. He's only going to look better when he's throwing the ball to someone like Tyree Kill. It forbid he has to do it. Okay. So that really good. Then I think, you know, you got to look at some guys that are going to help your team and not just in the playoffs, but in 2021 and, and perhaps beyond too. So I think the team had to be really happy with what they saw from, from some of those guys like uh, Martinez Rankin at left tackle. I thought he played a really good game. He had, you know, a couple of bad moments, but but a couple of really strong moments that say, okay, 
Maybe he's not a left tackle, but maybe he could be a swing tackle. Maybe he could be your right tackle in the future. Then, yes, you're Durant playing at right guard. I think you're, you understand why they don't want to play him at tackle, right? I think this is a guy that they want to develop to be a future starter at the guard position, and I think he showed you why uh, this past game. He, he was really uh, dominant. He had some really nice plays at the second level in the run game. Um, some some really good pass protection blocks. Uh, not 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 a lot of them. I mean, he still struggled at times with the, a couple of those starters from uh, the Chargers, but he he still did a good job. He still did a good job, and I think there's something there. They might have something there. Uh, Byron Pringle and Darwin Thompson. Those are two guys on on the offense that really stood out. I mean, Pringle he could be a starter. All right, we're, we're talking next year. We, he's an exclusive rights free agent. This is a guy who who's gonna come back uh, when the Chiefs are gonna have you know some people presumably leaving Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, both free agents again. So uh, Pringle, guy they can bring back on the cheap, and, and who can work in there as a starter. And then Darwin Thompson. I mean Thompson, the way he caught the ball, I mean he could be a great change of pace type back in the future. Someone you can mix in there. Uh, as a nice little one-two punch with uh, with with Clyde Edwards-Elair, and I, I'd even like to see what he can do working out of the slot as a receiver. He was seven for seven catching on the day. Um, I, I think that's something they might need to explore uh, in the future. So, uh, and you'd think they they'd also have to be elated at what they saw from the guys on defense. Tim Ward had a really good day. Bo Pete Keys had some up and down moments, but but you see why they like him. Uh, Darius Harris, he, he played every single snap of the game, and, and, and he played pretty pretty dang good. I think he's uh, someone who could have a role in the future. Colin Saunders, with his freaky skill set, being able to play sideline to sideline linebacker and rush from a three-point stance, and I mean, what can't he do? And then Juan Thornhill, I mean, he had that big hit laying the wood on uh, Austin Eckler, the the running back. I mean that that really stood out. You can see that he's getting some of that confidence back, and uh, these are some pieces who can, you know, supplement not just depth, but but they can be future starters or rotational guys for the team. So, I think it when you don't have a preseason this year, you know, you don't get that type of evaluation. And I think it's super advantageous for the Chiefs and for their plan in the future to be able to have this game to evaluate these guys. And, you know, the front office staff can kind of start to put together a plan based on what they saw with this game. Should the rookie season success of Justin Herbert be viewed as a possible long-term nemesis in the AFC West? Obviously, uh, Herbert's a great player. I mean, we've seen it since since that first week that he that he played against us there um he's probably going to win the offensive rookie of the year award I, I wouldn't be surprised i think it's just way too early to say that herbert and the chargers would be you know what you consider a long-term nemesis they just fired their head coach anthony lynn right uh even though he coached la to four straight wins to end the season i don't know you know how you can fire your head coach after after he got things kind of back on track at the end there. Really, it's going to depend on what happens with their their head coaching situation, okay? Um, They're interviewing some of the top guys, all right? Uh, Brian Dable from the the Bills. 
Uh, even Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, they've requested an interview. But then they're also looking at former Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett, which, I mean, that would be a massive mistake in terms of, of Herbert's development to bring in Garrett there. But, I mean, no matter what happens with the coaching job, I think you're talking about 2022 at the earliest before the Chargers are ready to compete for the AFC West. You're going to have new coaches, presumably a new system. And there's no guarantee that things are 100% back to normal during the off-season training program this year, given, you know, the COVID-19 situation. So I, I just think that um, you're, you're, you're really not looking at them as a threat immediately. I, I think that eventually, you know, maybe two, three years from now, they could start being, you know, that team that, you know, trades blows with us and, and we're we're looking at them as hey this is the the team that's that's going to try and you know beat us for the division title but I, I still think it's the chiefs division to win and i think uh, herbert and the chargers still have a lot to prove and and you got to think there's a lot of pieces of their roster that are you know kind of getting up there that that they're going to kind of be in that gray area between you know a a, a rebuild and a retool uh, in terms of their roster. So I think that's going to be uh, a, a little bit problematic uh, as as they go on there um, to have kind of some of those aging stars. It kind of reminds me of where the Chiefs were and maybe um, the, the 20, uh, 2018 season there before they decided to go out and kind of revamp the defense, get rid of guys like Justin Houston, D. Ford, uh, you know, all the all the defenders there who had been such stalwarts uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I think that's something that they're they're going to end up dealing with and that they're going to have to figure out before they can really be a threat to the Chiefs. Do you believe Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy will get a job as a head coach this year? Yeah, I think this is the year that, that he lands a job. I mean, he's interviewing for for practically every position really it's just a matter of of where he ends up so far the only team that hasn't requested an interview is houston which i mean it's super surprising because they have really the perfect situation for for him to kind of go in there fix the the culture issue that they have they already have a great quarterback for him to work with um and and, you know have some pieces on the offensive line that that are kind of up and coming and some things that he can work with on that offense. Uh, so that that's surprising. But he's already completed interviews with the Falcons and the Lions as of my recording this. Um, he's set to speak with the Jets, Jaguars, and the Chargers in the coming days. I initially felt the NFC jobs would make the most sense for Biennemi because as a head coach, right, when, when you're leaving your old team, you don't want to play them that often okay so you don't really want to have to go through kansas city if you get to the afc playoffs you know they're going to be right back in there and and he knows what they're trying to build here the dynasty and and that that he's bought into that uh really these past couple of years so i i think uh that that you know some of these afc teams might not be as appealing because of that but then on the other hand I feel like the Chargers job is the one that makes the most sense for him. Uh, Biennemi grew up in West Covina. He was a high school football star in the L.A. area. He coached at UCLA before he uh, 
ended up in the NFL with the Vikings at his first NFL gig. So uh, not to mention the Chargers are the team that drafted him, albeit when they were still in San Diego, but still the Chargers, the same ownership, I believe. Um, So it just makes a boatload of sense, and I could really see him ending up there. That would be the best possible scenario for the Chargers and Justin Herbert, and probably the worst possible scenario for the Chiefs. Uh, I believe the good news, though, is that Andy Reid has what I, I think uh, what what was it Harold uh, Harold Kuntz over there at, at uh, Fox Four Kansas City? I think he said it was a, a fourteen six career record uh, against his former staff members. So I, I, that's I mean that's a great record, and and obviously you know different scenario things could change, but I, I'm fully confident if he ends up as the head coach of the Chargers, I'm sure it'll add some juice to the rivalry, right? Uh, that'll be a fun one, you know, twice a year. But I, I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to be the type of guy who gets the best of Andy Reid all the time. I think that Reid will be able to uh, to figure him out and, and kind of keep him uh, scratching his head there. So, uh, yeah, but we'll see where he ends up. I, I'm really excited for him. I mean, obviously couldn't couldn't happen to a better uh, a better guy to have an opportunity to uh, to go and become a head coach and to keep Carrying on the the Andy Reid coaching tree. Which wild card weekend matchup is the most intriguing in regards to the Chiefs? You know, I'm thinking that Ravens Titans is probably the one to keep an eye on, just because it's the only game between two teams that the Chiefs could potentially face in the divisional round. So Kansas City they play the lowest remaining seed after a wild card weekend. That means if the Colts were to win over the Bills as the number seven seed, that's who we'd play. If the Colts were to lose, but the number six seed Browns win against the Steelers, that'd be who we play, and so on and so forth. The Ravens are the number five seed, and they're favored over the Titans. It's likely that they're the ones that that Kansas City will play because all the other higher seeds are favored. So they've been gunning for the Chiefs too, right? The the Ravens, they've been gunning for the Chiefs kind of since last year in the playoffs. They they felt they'd win against Kansas City if the two teams met uh, in the playoffs, specifically in the AFC Championship game. But they uh, were eliminated. They lost to Tennessee, who was the lower seed that year. Now they'll get a chance to, to do it again, right? They have to go through the Titans if they want to get another shot against Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, of course, uh, we beat uh, Baltimore handily back in uh, week three. But, hey, it's a long season. So uh, the Ravens are playing better ball as of late. And you never know what happens in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, this this is the game I'm looking at. Because you either get a rematch, right, of, of week three with the Ravens uh, if, they, if they come out of it. Uh, or if the Titans win and all the other seed, the lower seeds lose, uh, you could potentially right get a rematch of the AFC Championship game in the in the divisional round of the playoffs. So that that's an interesting possibility too. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry obviously uh, had to face him last year. Everyone was like, "Well, Chiefs can't stop the run. Chiefs can't stop the run." And Frank Clark and that defensive line they they stopped the run that game, or at least enough to uh, to win it. So. Uh, that that was pretty interesting, and and uh, I think it'll create some uh, drama this weekend. But yeah, that's that's the game to look at if uh, if you're looking for one specific game to watch. 
And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, we've got a ton of content covering uh, Week 17. And we'll have more into this week, uh, of course, due to the week being the bye week and not a whole lot going on. But we'll have some more uh, some stuff on, on Darwin Thompson coming up and uh, Chad Henney and what have you. Uh, we have a ton of articles on Eric Bieniemy and other Chiefs front office staff uh, interviewing for new jobs. Uh, one of my favorites that, that you guys should really check out is uh, our look at, at candidates for promotion once Bieniemy does presumably land a head coaching job. Obviously, the favorite is uh, quarterback coach Mike Kafka. Everybody knows Mike, uh, but he could also leave to become a head coach. Uh, we've heard some rumors that there's some interest there or even an offensive coordinator. So if he leaves and goes elsewhere, who do the Chiefs promote? Uh, Andy Reid likes to promote from with his own uh, within his own staff. You look at Doug Peterson, you look at uh, uh, Matt Nagy when you know they had opportunities, they were promoted. But also when they left, their successors were promoted from within the staff. So uh, if Kafka leaves to go somewhere else, we have the next guy to look at, who is uh, Joe Blameyer. Uh, you can read about him, Kafka, and uh, some other candidates in that article. As always, we appreciate everyone who listens to the podcast and checks out the website. Go Chiefs! For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Roundtable is here again. I just say Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back, but I'm actually excited. And I'm excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, I am a football fan, like everyone that's listening to this podcast should be a football fan. I'm here with Mitch Carney, Talon Graf, so it's always a good time. And we're, it's finally playoff time. It's playoff time. We, we get an extra wild card game per conference. There's, you know, there's, there's stuff to be excited about. The NFL was actually able to finish this season. Let's start off with that. Let's start off with the positives about that, because we obviously are going to talk about the Chiefs and losing the last game of the season. It really didn't matter. But I want to start right off. Mitch, what are your thoughts now that we've, we've officially ended the regular season? Somehow the NFL has made it to the playoffs through everything going on with COVID. What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with how the season has went so far. I mean, I know we've had a couple of hiccups, you know, the Titans had some struggles um, early on in the season and, you know, and then there's a couple of outbreaks, but for the most part, the NFL has run pretty smoothly, um, you know, especially given that it seemed like things were just kind of put together at the very end here and they've just been kind of, you know, throwing games on Wednesdays and Tuesdays and all these other things. But for the most part, things have run pretty well, um, you know, and I'm excited for, for the playoffs, you know, I'm hoping everybody stays healthy and everybody stays, uh, you know, COVID free. But, you know, I think, you know, we should be happy with how the season has went considering the situation we've been in. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that they were able to get this, the full season in. There were, you know, games played all over the place, um, you know, but but they got them in. They got them played. That's the most important part. So hats off to every single person involved. It was, you know, um, such a crazy season for everybody and, and for them to pull it off and play every single game 
as is and um, you know, get everything in. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable and uh, deserves a lot of praise. It definitely does. I mean, a crazy season, you usually see with something like this with everything that everyone had to go through in regards to making this happen and you're heading into the playoffs, you're expecting big things to happen in the playoffs. I mean, we saw this in the NBA, we saw this in baseball. It's a magic around the postseason that you just really can't explain. And the Chiefs, obviously, as we all know, have clinched weeks ago and have clinched the first round by in the playoffs. So they will be sitting at home watching like the rest of us, see who's gonna, who they're going to play from the wildcard teams. But before we even get into all that, let's actually do a, a recap of the game that really did not matter on the standings at all. Against the Chargers, the season finale, you got to see all the backups, all the reserves play. There was some drama because we did have some injury issues, and one of the biggest injuries was Willie Gay. Um, Talon, what were your thoughts from the game in regards to the injury uh, situation? Yeah, um, it, it was rough to see Willie Gay get hurt, and especially given the the current status of the linebacking core uh, and what they're dealing with with all the injuries. So, yeah, that one was painful to see. Hopefully, you know, I, he's okay at some point to get back in the playoffs. Um, but the one that really struck me was DeAndre Baker. That, you know, it, that was tough to see because we, we've talked – we actually I think we talked about it the week prior about him getting to play and how excited we were to see that. And he was playing so well. You know, uh, got a lot of people excited about him being a chief. But, and, and I think people should still be excited because, you know, the word came out that he broke his femur, already had surgery was back in the facility the next day. That's a guy that you want, man. That is somebody that's going to be a star for your team. Um, so, yeah, the, the injuries were, you know, obviously Baker is more long-term and, and um, uh, Willie Gay hurts a lot of uh, – hurts the defense for the playoffs. So, that one is – that one does sting. I mean, yeah, just talking about Willie, Willie Gay's injury, it's never good when uh, – I believe it was Colin Saunders playing linebacker. That's never a good sign. Um, so I know the Chiefs linebackers are getting pretty thin, but I do think Anthony Hitchens should be back. Wilson, you know, looked pretty good uh, during week 17, so I think he'll be ready to go. Um, I just kind of hope we can stay healthy. I know Ben Neiman's been fighting injuries, so, like, I don't want it to where, you know, we're just kind of throwing people out there to play. Like, I don't want to have Daniel Sorensen come up there to play linebacker. So I'm hoping everybody gets healthy, and hopefully uh, Willie Gay is ready to go, you know, at least for the uh, AFC Championship. I don't know the severity of his injury, but uh, the Chiefs are going to need him just as a depth player. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it sucks because, you know, it was an meaningless, a meaningless game, especially for DeAndre Baker, you know, who's kind of fighting to get a job right now. Um, so it's just kind of frustrating to see those guys, you know, go out there and play and then just get hurt and, you know, they're likely not going to be able to have much playing time, if any playing time in the playoffs, but, um, so hopefully they get healthy and they're ready to go for next season though. I definitely agree with that. You just hope that, uh, Willie Gay's injury is not as serious and seeing DeAndre Baker go down was tough. And you saw everything that he's gone through the last couple, last year or two, really, um, and um, it, it goes back to what you were saying, Talon, how dedicated he is and how he wants to play. And you want to see a guy out there get his opportunity and, and just really make the best of it. But uh, speaking of making the best of an opportunity, how about let's talk about um, a guy that, Talon, we have talked about, well, not really all season, but since the beginning of the year. And I know personally I have talked about since last, last season during the preseason thinking that he could be an impact player, Darwin Thompson. Got the start, 
because obviously the the uh, the regulars were sitting, and he played pretty well. What, what were your thoughts with Darwin Thompson getting some time starting at running back during the game? Yo, it wasn't the prettiest um, performance in the world, but Thompson played well. You know, he scored a couple touchdowns, one receiving, uh, and then one as a running back. You know, that's that's what I always thought he could do was be that Swiss Army knife be kind of everywhere kind of guy. Um, and I really thought he would be more impactful in the return game as well. But no, I was really pleased to see him, you know, have some, you know, quite a bit of success really. Um, like I said, there were moments where it was like, Oh man, like that, that's the stuff that you got to clean up. You know, the, the flashes are there and that's enough to keep you around, but man, you have to clean up the stuff that, you know, the fumbles and the, the miscues and, and the, you know, the, the, the wrong assignments. You have to clean that up because you're so good when you're good, but when you're bad, it's, it's cringy. So you just have to clean it up and put it all together. But I'm really pleased with how he played. Yeah, I mean, he, he honestly had a pretty good game. I think, Talon, you put him as our uh, offensive player of the game after that. You know, he had a really good performance. Um, but I don't think I'll ever see him as truly being a number one running back. I think that's what people were hoping for, you know, after he had that big flash in, uh, in the preseason last season. Um, but I think, you know, with just him going out there and having a good game, he looks like he can at least be a number two back for this team. He looks like he can come in and maybe be the number one running back for a game or two. Um, you know, he showed, you know, just like Talon said, he's shown flashes that, you know, he can be successful. He's really good in the screen game. He's really good with the ball in his hand and open space. So, um, you know, if the Chiefs can somehow find a way to get him involved in, you know, next season or the year after like that, I can see him, you know, kind of sticking around, being a special teams player and being, and being a backup role player. I'll, just, I'll never see him as that number one guy just because I don't think he has – quite what it takes but um you know I was I'm very happy with his performance and I'm, I'm happy I, I we have him on this team right now I agree you know it was the reason why I bring him up because of the hype that really surrounded him after those preseason games and how he was you know he's been active he's been inactive the team went out and decided that they maybe need another running back they got to get Le'Veon Bell they got Clyde Edwards-Alaire he's a kind of the guy that got lost in the shuffle to the point that you thought eventually he's going to get cut I think this performance at least shows that he's worth keeping on the team and he's worth a roster spot in some form. So that, that's a good thing from it. But uh, in, terms of, in terms of the players that did play in this game, and like I said, it was just a, a ton of reserves that played, was there another player that really stood out for you guys? And uh, Mitch, I want your thoughts. Who, who was, an, who was um, the player that, that really surprised you in a good way from this game? I don't know if he really surprised me, but, um, you know, every time I see Byron Pringle out on the field, I'm surprised with what he can do. He looks like he belongs in the NFL. Um, I think he had like 50, 50 yards receiving and, a, and he had a really good touchdown on the Chiefs first or second drive. I don't know. He scored a touchdown in the first quarter, but, you know, every time he's on the field, he just really like surprises me. And I'm just like, wow, how is this guy not getting more snaps? He looks like he belongs on this roster. He, believe, he looks like he can fit in right perfectly with his offense and maybe, maybe be the replacement guy for Sammy Watkins whenever he, whenever he leaves in free agency this season, because I don't think the teacher going to keep him around, but he just looked really good. I'd really love to see him get more playing time, you know, with that first team offense. And I really think that he can really be a postseason contributor this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely agree with that. But um, Tim Ward, I'm, I think really stepped up and played a, uh, he surprised me because I really didn't know what to expect out of him. Um, 
and, uh, and he played well. He played a lot of good snaps, uh, and he looked – you know, he was getting pressure on, on, uh, on Herbert, and uh, he was in a lot of spots that – you know, a lot of good spots. So I think this is someone that, you know, can provide depth for us moving forward, and, uh, and that's an- another gem that's been sitting, you know, on the roster – uh, that, uh, along that defensive line, and, and the more we see these guys start to emerge, the deeper that D line gets. Oh, I definitely agree. And just seeing some of these guys get some more time, and and you realize how deep this team is. Um, I, you know, I always have to give a shout out to uh, Chad Henney because uh, in talent, I, I think we both are, are guilty of this. We we're kind of hard on him, you know. Obviously, being a Michigan guy, been being in the league for so long, and you know, not seeing much of him playing over the last couple of years and mostly being a backup, he played well. You know, he came in, he looked prepared. He didn't make, obviously, the big Patrick Mahomes, you know, big plays and, and put up the big numbers, but no interceptions. Um, I, I feel like he was uh, – he got the ball where it needed to be in terms of some of the receivers, and, and he called a good game. I, I, that's the way I looked at it. It, it to me it was a it was a good sign to show that uh, Chad Henney's a legit backup, and you could feel a little bit of ease knowing that he's backing up Mahomes uh, for however long he's going to be doing it. So I don't know if you guys felt the same way, uh, Talon. Yeah, no, I thought Henney played you know as well as I expected him to. He didn't blow me away. He didn't underimpress me. Um, that's what I expect, and that's kind of what I expect from you know any backup in the league that to go out and have a game where. You know, you don't look terrible, and, and you put your team in a position to win. And that's what Henny did. He put his team in a position to win. They just didn't get it done. Um, you know, but, but, but that's all you can, you know, th- in reality, that's kind of the most you can ask from your backup is just to, to get you where you can win the game in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if Henny, you know, maybe was playing with that first-team offense, if he had Travis, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I think he would have had a really good chance to win that game just the way he was playing. Of course, he was playing with the backups and, you know, you know, they're not really, the Chiefs were really, really out there trying to win that game. They're just trying to get through and make sure everybody's healthy. Um, so I think he played really, really well. I think if needed in the future, I mean, of course, if Patrick Mahomes misses a whole season, the Chiefs are screwed either way. But uh, just kind of like last season, if Mahomes misses a couple games, I think Kenny could come in, you know, and get the job done until he gets healthy. So and it gave me confidence that, you know, he's clearly our number two guy and he can get the job done. It definitely was. And obviously the Chargers came out on top in the game. Uh, two losses on the season at Arrowhead Stadium. Obviously this last game, no one's really going to hold that against the Chiefs. But you finished the season 14-2. and two. Going into the playoffs now as number one seed, we can't because the Chiefs are the defending champions. You can't consider a fourteen and two season without a title of success. The goal is to win a title, so the pressure really it begins in the divisional round for this team. Now that the regular season is over, so the biggest question that you have as a as a Chiefs fan now watching during Wild Card Weekend. Mitch, which game or, like, team, I should say, are you watching as a possible opponent in a divisional round? Yeah, um, I'm looking at all the games here right now, and, um, you know, I think the number one team we should be looking for is just the Browns. Uh, If they beat the Steelers, there's a pretty good chance that we end up facing them in a divisional round, unless, of course, the Colts win or something like that. 
But, you know, I think the Browns are a really good team, and I think they're actually a really good matchup for the Steelers just because the Steelers have been playing pretty bad of, of late. So, I mean, I think that would be interesting just to see a Mahomes versus Baker matchup. And, of course, it would be the homecoming of Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, and I think the two teams should just match up well just because, you know, uh, the uh, Browns have a really good rushing attack. They have a pretty decent defense. Um, it'd be interesting to see how – how the two, how the game would uh, end up, but I'm looking at the Browns right now as a really good possible uh, divisional matchup. Yeah, I like the Browns a lot. It, 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 it's really unfortunate what they're having to go through right now with their head coach and stuff. And I think their starting guard, uh, Batonio, is 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 not available either now. So that it really stinks for them. But yes, I agree, Mitch. I, Browns are a team that to, to watch out for. Um, but I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, you know, this is a team that I think is kind of flying under the radar a bit. Uh, it's a team that beat the Titans early in the in, in the season. Uh, they have a really underrated defense. That defense plays very good football. And then anytime you have a veteran like Phillip Rivers uh, and Jonathan Taylor, the rookie running back from Wisconsin, has really started to hit his stride the last couple of weeks of the season. He, he, he had uh, really good performances, so he's hitting his stride. So if you have a – you know, everybody's talking about Derrick Henry. He just put in a 2,000-yard season. Um, I'm I'm looking at the Colts, who has a, a rookie running back who's just hitting his stride, not a running back who's worn out from rushing for 2,000 yards and, and dragging your team to the playoffs. So, yeah, for me, I think the Colts are going to be the team to watch out for because uh, um, with their defense and, and their veteran leadership with Rivers and they have a really good offensive line. What I was going to say, and trust me, I agree with both of you guys in regards to um, the Browns being a, a threat or even the Colts being a threat. Talon, you made a good point, but I, I'm still not sleeping on a guy like Derrick Henry. He, he's a different type of animal in terms of the way he uh, – I've never seen a running back like him, you know? This guy, you know he's going to get the ball, but yet he still is able to dominate whatever linebacker or whatever defender is in front of him. Uh, the offensive line is strong there, and they, they're, they're a dangerous team when they, when they have it going. If Derrick Henry has a full head of steam, there's no stopping them. So, you know, I have to consider them as well. Um, it's, it's just – it's very interesting. And, and, you know, we don't talk about the, the Ravens at all because – maybe because of the week three game, but Lamar Jackson isn't the same quarterback he was in the beginning of the season. And that's something that you can't really ignore as well. I just feel like he's going to be a type of player – that you have to um, you have to account for. He's so different in regards to the way he can scramble through in and out of, out of the pocket. I worry about our linebacker depth when you have players like this. You know, a guy like Lamar Jackson causes so so many issues, and I, I look at that matchup as being key and just how everything else will unfold in regards to the others. And I don't know. I I look at the AFC and, and I see some interesting. Uh, Interesting situations for the Chiefs. The divisional round is going to be very telling as to where this team is in general because the AFC is very deep. A team like the Dolphins just missed out on a playoff spot. It's uh, it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be a, a fun matchup. But uh, let's actually take a quick look over at the uh, NFC side. Is there a matchup that stands out for you that maybe you can see as intriguing just, just for watching? and? And, you know, just your opinions on it. Talon, what do you think about the NFC? Yeah, I'm really I'm, – I got the Rams and Seahawks game circled. Um, you know, this is a divisional game. 
the division opponents that have already played twice already. Uh, and I think they split. I think the Rams beat the Seahawks and the Seahawks beat the Rams. So this is a rubber match. Um, you know, and this is, this is when it truly matters, right? You know, in the playoffs, win or go home. And, and to have uh, two division opponents like that and, and playing decent football all year, um, it, it should be a fun matchup. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's going to be much of a game, but I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be the Washington uh, Washington football team versus the uh, uh, Buccaneers. Uh, you know, I do think the Buccaneers are going to win this game, but just I think Washington's been playing some pretty good football lately. I know they barely just beat the uh, Eagles last week, um, even though that was just like a, a, a blasphemy of a game just because of what happened, in my opinion. But um, for the most what, part – Wait, did, did something happen? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, I was gonna you're... wait. I was gonna wait, but I'm gonna let you finish. You know, <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think Washington's been playing really well. I think Washington's got a really good pass rush, um, so I think that could be somewhat of an exciting game if Alex Smith can go out there and play his base game, best game. I think he can go out there and compete. So that might just be a really fun upset to watch if if they just go out there and play their best game. But of course, I'm gonna pick the Buccaneers to win that game just because I feel like I kind of have to just because. Uh, you know, the NFC East is just so bad, and the, the Washington the Washington just hasn't played their best football all season. So it'll be interesting, and it'll be a fun game to watch, in my opinion. It will be a fun game to watch, but since you brought it up, you know, I was trying to be calm about it. Um, I've made no secret that I, you know, I grew up a, 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 I grew up a Giants fan from New York, and I watched – both of those games, I, I watched the early game, the Giants defeated the Cowboys in order to have an opportunity to claim the NFC least, might as well call it the NFC least. And watching that game between the Eagles and Washington football team, it, it was probably the most ridiculous second half I could even think of. Looking at what Doug Peterson did, who was part of that Andy Reid tree, I'm, you know, I, it's disgusting. If even if you put your fandom aside, like let's say you were a fan of the team and you're watching this just as a fan of football, it was a, it was a disgrace. I mean, you're talking about a professional football team tanking the way they did on national television in the most obvious of ways. There's no way you can convince me that you're going to sit your promising rookie quarterback who needs the extra reps for a journeyman quarterback, your third-string journeyman quarterback in the fourth quarter, down by three. And then to have some of the things that went on, the miscues, and all of a sudden he couldn't coach correctly, apparently, with regards to being down three, kicking a field goal in the third quarter. Ridiculous. Disgusting. I, I, I just there's – no, there's no excuse for that. I'm just surprised Doug Peterson still has a job. And I think winning that Super Bowl a few years ago is the only reason why he has a job right now. But I want to get you guys' opinion. Mitch, what is your opinion on what you saw that night, on Sunday night? So I personally do not feel bad for Giants, for Giants fans. Um, you know, of course, it, 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 it sucks just watch that happen to your team and stuff, but you're 6-10. and 10. Like, I'm not going to feel bad for you. Like, win half your games and then maybe we can talk, you know? Um, you know? They they had a they had a losing season, so I'm not gonna feel bad for them. But I mean, like just looking at the Eagles, it's just kind of like 
at least go out there and try and to compete. You know, I know like you're trying to get maybe a better draft pick or something like that, but I mean, at least trying to hide it a little bit. He just made it so obvious that they were just trying to lose. I don't care what anybody says. They went out there to try to lose that game. I don't, there's nobody out there who wants to put their third string quarterback in to get reps. You don't think this Sutton field guy is, I don't know. I don't even know his last name. You're not going to try to see if he's going to be a, try to compete to be a starter in the future. There's no way. It's, it's going to be Jalen Hurts or maybe even Carson Wentz, even though I'm pretty sure they're going to move on from Carson Wentz. But they just made it so obvious they're going to, they were trying to lose it. That's what kind of bothers me. I mean, I know you want to get a better draft pick, but at least do something out there. I mean, I mean, I, I had a lot of respect for Doug Peterson from his time at the Chiefs, but I don't know. I'm just, I just don't like that that the attempt of not trying, I guess, I don't know. That just kind of bothers me, you know, just I want to see football teams go out there and at least try to play their best, even though there's, it doesn't even matter uh, if they win or lose, just to, just to go out there and compete. That, you know, says a lot about how that franchise is run. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder how long it'll be uh, until that statue gets taken down. Right. Uh, but I'm um, not really sure what was going through the head of, uh, of, of coach Peterson. Um, and, and I, I still use that title, but yeah, it's, it's kind of feels bitter coming off the tongue, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those unwritten rules, right? It's like, you don't, you don't do that. You simply just don't do that. And it's, uh, you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic or, you know, too over the top, but it kind of is like a slap in the face to, to everyone who, you know, <laughs> even watches the sport. So, um, yeah, disappointing. And um, the future is, is – I'm not really sure what to expect the future to be like for Peterson and, and the Eagles because, I mean, I don't understand how you win a team back after an act like that. So, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a roller coaster, that's for sure. I thought just hearing Jason Kelsey, who's a 10-year veteran – um, obviously, Travis Kelsey's brother. One um, of the best offensive linemen, you know, in the game and a leader on your team, sound as disgusted as he did in that um, post-game uh, Zoom conference. That's that summed it all up. The fact that the players weren't even in on it, and I believe it by just watching how good the defense was. The uh, Philly defense was all over Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith did not play well at all. And it just seemed like the game was right there for the Eagles to win, and, and they were finding reasons to lose. It was it was embarrassing, and, I, you know, I'm not – I've never been an Eagles fan, and I, I can't see Eagles fans themselves feeling proud of that performance. That's, that is ridiculous, but we're going to move on. We're going to move on. I was going to hold that to later, but we had to get right into it, man. It's, that is ridiculous. Um, but in terms of – matchups that I'm interested in watching. And I'm telling you, you brought up the uh, Saints game, the Saints and Bears? Uh, no, Rams and Seahawks. Oh, Rams and Seahawks. Okay, I'm interested in watching the Saints and Bears, not necessarily because, you know, it's a great matchup, but for some reason, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the game is going to be broadcast on Nickelodeon. Did you, did you hear this? Like, it's, it's going to be... I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did see that somewhere. Like they're all, all three are being streamed somewhere. Like one's Peacock, one's Nick, and one, yeah, kind of odd. Very odd, but it is going to be done. I heard with um with character voices. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? 
Yeah, I think SpongeBob is making an appearance at like halftime or something like that. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm going to be walking around Nickelodeon. Um, it's going to be sweet. Why didn't this take place 15 years ago? Like, why is it? Why am I 30 when this is happening? Like, this is ridiculous. Come on, come on. It's, it's very. You know why it's so ridiculous? And I, I don't want to play devil's advocate because the fact that they're doing this in the playoffs, where it's the most intense, it's the most intense football you could watch. And trying to present it for children to watch. Yeah, that I don't know. Like, I, I is that kind of odd? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fit. Like, yeah, with that whole winner go home mentality. You know, it's like, no. you know, I don't. Yeah, I just, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. I, I just really hope that you know Nickelodeon does a really good job at like censoring some of the stuff because you never know what's gonna happen after. Could you imagine if? You know, there's a player out there who just, you know, gets a little bit too, uh, a little bit too wordy. And then, you know, maybe, you know, there's a fight that happens. You know, I hope that would never happen. But, um, you know, Nickelodeon's going to have to be on top of their game just to make sure nothing happens. I mean, Mitch, it's football. There's going to be people getting hit. There's a, po- a high possibility of injuries. Like, you don't want to, you're presenting it in a Nickelodeon type way. They said they want to make it very, like, you know, for kids to digest it. I, I just don't know how they're going to do it. So I'm, I'm watching it more. I'm going to watch it on the Nickelodeon feed more out of curiosity as to how they're going to put this together to, to try and justify it. Uh, because I, that's odd. I, that game has my attention. In case you're wondering, that's, that one is the go-to right there. But wow. So that's the NFC. Um, we, we're gonna, we have a uh, – it's not even called Wild Card Weekend anymore. It's called uh, – I think super wild card weekend because of yeah. the extra game. So <laughs> we'll get, we're going for it, NFL. We're, we're all in. We're going to see what it's all about. It, uh, it should be very interesting, the matchups. And obviously the Chiefs having the week off, having the ability to scout and see what type of opponent they could have in the next round. I, you know, it begs the question now that they have this extra week off. And for some players, two weeks off. Is there a chance of rust, Talon? Is there a, ch- a chance of some type of rust or not being in a bit of a groove because they had this time off? No, I don't think so. I think that week off against Atlanta was more of a rest, get your body to rest, rest your mind. And then the, the bye week is more, okay, now we can prep. So <clears throat> it's, it's rest and prep and not really that rust factor quite yet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, these guys are professionals. It's not like they're going to be sitting on the couch all day. They're going to be in the in the locker room, uh, you know, getting treatment, you know, watching film, doing some practice stuff. But, I mean, they're just going to be, you know, getting mentally prepared. Um, you know, they don't necessarily need the reps. I mean, they've played 15 games this season, you know, you know, at, at their best, playing their hardest. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to be ready to go. I mean, you maybe we see, you know, a maybe – I mean, last year, remember the uh, Chiefs had that – you know, the, the first week by, uh, you know, they had a kind of a rough first quarter, but I mean, they kind of know what they expect this time around. So I think the, if they do have, you know, any rest, they'll be in that first quarter and then they'll be ready to go after that. I mean, this team's too good to not be, to not be prepared for this divisional round. I do agree. I mean, Andy Reid has a great track record when it comes to this. So we shall see. You know, this is the journey to a another Super Bowl for back-to-back Super Bowls here. It's crunch time. But uh, once again, this is the we're going to be the uh, bye week, and uh, we'll see what happens. 
So for Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, guys, let's enjoy a super wild card weekend and uh, look forward to the Chiefs in a divisional round. Hey, Darren, hope you're doing well, man. Hey, I know since uh, Le'Veon Bell came to the addition of the, with the running back rotation, you haven't got much play. What was it, A, one, for you to be out on the field, and then, two, just to kind of take advantage of the opportunity you had tonight? You know, it's uh, opportunity meeting preparation. Um, since since Le'Veon has been here, I've learned a lot from the guy. Uh, with, with the time that I've been not playing as much, I've been perfecting my craft, uh, catching the ball, working on my pass, bro, just things I need to work on. It was time for me to grow, and then I just needed opportunity. And this was opportunity, and I took advantage of it. Go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Darwin. Uh, congrats on the big game. You had the big 37-yard screen pass early in the game. Uh, really kind of got you guys going offensively. Uh, can you walk us through that play, and how much – did that help you get loose at all in the game? How much did that fire you up for the game? Really? I've been watching – like, Sherm, they be mad at me because I watch film so much. And I'll watch plays over and over, and I'll just try to – Think of uh, ways that I can make it right. And so going into this game, screen plays, being more patient on my screens was one of the biggest things. And on that screen play, it was the first one. I'm like, I got to be patient. I got to be patient. And once I got the ball in my hands, I knew it was time to go. I just seen a lot of grass. Really, I seen too much grass. And I'm like, I don't know where to run besides this way. Thanks <laughs> to Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Darren, you seem like you've been able to stay positive through this whole situation, and I know it must not have been easy. I'm wondering what type of strategy you kind of had when the Chiefs go and get a running back in the early rounds and then go get a levy on Bell. How were you able to stay positive? Man, my coach died. My Juco coach died like four months ago. And it's just God's plan. I just got to keep going. I mean, man. I wish he was here to watch me. No, I don't know. I just, I had to keep going. Some kids is looking up to me. You know, so many people doubted me up until this point. And he pushed me to be great. And I just want to, the kids back home, don't never let nobody tell you what you can and can't do. Believe in yourself, man. You know, I went the Juco route. I went, I didn't have it this way, that way, the other. But I never stopped believing in myself. I look myself in the mirror every morning. I got a whiteboard with all my goals and I read them out to myself. And they say, finish 2020 out strong. Coming to 2021, dominant. And I recreated my identity. And I just know my coach watching over. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Darren. Um, it's clear that your JUCO coach meant a lot to you. Can you tell me more about that relationship you had with him and what was his name? Coach Gerald House, Gerald Paxson House. Man, he uh he pressed he pushed me to be great, and I didn't understand it until I wanted to declare for the draft. And he thought it was a bad decision, and then we had our conversations much after that, and it was grown man conversations for each other. We helped each other out. After that point, and I would talk to his new players or his new uh, group of running backs 
um, he, he, he pushed me in a lot of different ways as a man, as a follower of Christ, and, and just to be a better young man. You know, a lot of kids that go JUCO are either um, misguided or, or they didn't have the grades or they just needed that second chance. And I was a leader in, in my junior college, and he helped push me to be that. I don't talk much. And so in JUCO, I, I learned how to do that and how to lead and coming to the NFL, being around such great leaders. I mean, I watch guys from afar. I mean, the guys that are paid on this team, they're paid for a reason. And, and I watch them guys and how they make moves and how they carry themselves. The the second stringers were practicing this week, and, and you watching Tyron Matthew practicing his, his butt off. You know what I'm saying? And you watch Frank Clark, you watch them guys practice their butt off, and they know they're not playing. And, and so um, my coach taught me how to practice as well, uh, practice fast. It's game time moves, game time cuts. Uh, and I appreciate him for that. Yeah, but forever ever have a, a press on me. And we'll go last to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Darwin, uh, EB told us earlier this week that he often reminds the team uh, that all of you guys are always interviewing for a job every single day. Was that, was that something that was in your mind coming into today's game to put, you know, more positive film on tape? Uh, coming into today's game, it was just play your game, have fun. Man, I ain't had fun with football. I love to ball. I'm not going to lie to people and say that I, I love everything about the game of football. I love to ball. I love to run the ball. I love to ball. Who don't? I love to have a good game. I'm going to work because I have to work because I know I need to get better because I'm chasing greatness. I love the ball. Coming in today's game, it was go out there and ball. The rest of the stuff going to take care of itself. I ain't going to worry about all that. That ain't for me to worry about. The business side ain't for me to worry about. I'm worried about doing my job as a football player and doing my job as today was to be the starting running back and, and take care of my business. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.